right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy. We are back again. God is good as always. And we are extremely grateful. I don't know how you feel about it, but I am most certainly grateful. God's been doing some good things. God's been making a lot of uh, wonderful opportunities to exercise faith. And that's a good thing because the scripture teaches us that the trying of our faith is more precious than gold. If you want to grow, you're going to have to have opportunities in order to exercise your faith. And what better opportunities um, than just everyday life? There's always something um, that happens or comes about that is an uh, um, excellent opportunity <clears throat> or platform by which you can exercise your faith. I can exercise my faith in the Lord. God wants us to trust him in all things, not some things, but all things. So um, every, uh, every phase aspect of life, whatever it may be, doesn't matter where you are or um, what country you are in. It doesn't matter the time of day. It doesn't matter the um, the level of education, there, no, no, there's, there are no, no barriers here. Faith is the order of the day for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, no matter who they are, no matter when they are, doesn't matter at all. Not one bit. God is is worthy and 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 life in general is an opportunity for us to exercise our faith in the lord we always and often say that the blessing is <clears throat> in the obedience and this is true it remains true um, there is a blessing to hearing the word listening to it but there's even greater blessing in obeying the word there in fact there's some things you just went you're not going to even get until you start obeying the word. So I want to encourage everyone who listens to um, these messages, um, these lessons, these sermons, what, what, whatever category they, they, they fall in um, um, as you're listening to them, be obedient. Okay. You're, you're, you're only going to ever get so far with this if you're just listening to it. All right. This is not meant to be a, a, a good bedtime story or something to listen to in order to, to just, um, you know, ease your mind and help um, settle you down as you lay down to sleep. That's good. You can use it for that too. But, you know, you make sure that you're obeying the word that we're not, God is not giving this instruction for us to just sit on it. So we want to make sure that we're not doing that. All right. Um, let's begin in our text. We're going to pick up um, in Colossians chapter two. Um, verses six and seven, and Lord willing, today we're actually going to talk um, a little bit about that, those scriptures uh, in particular. Um, the Word of God says this in Colossians chapter two, starting at verse number six, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Let's read that again. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Verse number seven says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, 
abounding therein with thanksgiving. May God always add a blessing to not just the hearers, but especially those that are the doers of his word. Amen. Praise God for that. All right, brothers and sisters, we are picking up our fifth lesson. Um, God has, uh, man, time seems like it just flies, but I'm so grateful. God gives us such wonderful, wonderful word and, and, and help and assistance through these lessons that he, that he, that he gives us. And, um, and I, and it's always interesting to me that when we get into the word, um, you know, I never know ahead of time. Um, how many parts a lesson is going to be, or um, if it's even going to be a series. I, I don't always, I don't always know that. We just, we just take the word, we, we get in the and do and into the study, and God just starts talking. And then as we start to, um, to, to share this word, then before you know it, God one just turns into two. And I want to thank God that he, he, that he's got so much packed into just a few scriptures that we're able to, to, we able to go days off of that. So we thank the Lord for, for giving us absolutely everything. That word is packed full of all the spiritual nutrients you're going to need in order to walk and make it to heaven. So we thank the Lord for that. Now, this is the fifth lesson. Holding the line is the series uh, title. And, um, and again, I'm encouraging you. Um, encouraging us to to hold on to our faith. Don't let go. Okay. Refuse, refuse to let go. Now, when we first started this lesson, we talked about um, many things. Okay. We talked about the term itself, um, holding the line. We did a little bit of uh, exploration as to where that came from and what it means. We, we got into all of that. We also talked about some other um, topics that come up, some common sayings, um, especially the, those things centered around um, um, trying new things. We, we, we talked about that, um, that not just that phrasing, but that mentality, that mindset in the world that, um, that says, you know, sometimes you just got to try something new and then that is, and can be, be true. We learned that trying new things can what be a very, very good thing, but we also had to be fair about it and, and explore the topic, um, in its, in, in its, um, fullness or, um, and, in doing so, we learned that that statement, those statements are often um, statements of relativity. They are, it, they are very much relative statements. And we said they are such, why? Because they go in and out of being true. It really just depends on the context, the situation, the circumstances as to whether or not um, it's good to try a new things. Sometimes you want to try some things that are, that are new, but then there are some things where some scenarios where you don't need to be trying anything new. You need to stick to what to the script. Don't don't change anything. Don't flip it up. Don't remix it. Don't rewrite it. Don't redo it. Um, we don't give me a new rendition. God is not. No, there are some things you just don't you, you don't you don't want to try something new on. And we learned that not all things are, or experiences are good for us. We learned that in the book of uh, Sarek or Ecclesiasticus. Amen. Um, chapter 37 and verse um, 28. I invite you to read that. And we doubled down on that when we picked up 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse uh, 23. Amen. Very good. Now, I, and actually, I want to read that one again. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Not everything is good. 
not everything is good for everybody. And just because you have a right to do something, and that's the reason why I wanted to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and, and 23, because the apostle here, the apostle Paul is telling you, you plain out, just flat out, you, you got, you, I have a, you have a right to do a great many things. It, you, you, there are things that you are able to do. And if you do them, you're not breaking a law or some sort of rule. Okay. There are, there are plenty of things that fall into that category of things that you can do. And if you choose to do it, you do have a right to do so. You have a right to choose. You have a right to do it. And no, you are not breaking any sort of law on some things. There are some things that fall into that category. Okay. But with such um, responsibility. There are cautions that come along with that. Okay. The, yes, I can do. Uh, there are a whole lot of things that I can do, but brothers and sisters, even the things that you are allowed to do that you have permission to do that you would not necessarily be breaking a law or a rule um, per se in, in doing the apostle Paul is teaching us wisdom. God through this apostle is teaching us wisdom and discernment. And what he's telling us in first Corinthians 10, 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Well, what is he telling you? He's telling you that, well, guess what? I'm, I'm, I, I, have, I have great liberty. There are liberties that we get in this walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, in this walk of discipleship. There are great liberties, but with those liberties, brothers and sisters, you and I must be cautious. Why? Because I might have the liberty but not all things are helpful. That's what he means when he's talking about expedient. It's not profitable. It doesn't push you and put you in a better position, right? He says, not all things are expedient. And then he says, but all things edify not. So when he's talking about are not expedient, what he's talking about here is that it's not profitable for you. It doesn't put you in a better position. It doesn't advance you. It doesn't help you. Amen. And then when he says edify not, he's saying, and it doesn't help others either. That's what he's saying. Yeah, you can do it, but it's not. But when you when you and I do a thing out of sequence and out of time and in the wrong and at the wrong time and in the wrong place. You run, you might have a right to do it, but you and I run the risk of hurting our of hurting ourselves and hurting others. You can hurt yourself. With the reckless use of your liberties and freedoms in Jesus Christ. And so the Lord wants you and I to be wise. Amen. 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 We talked about learning about being content. We learned that that's a good thing. Philippians 4 and 11. We definitely um, need to do that. Then we moved into our second point. And in our second point, um, we said, hey, don't be in a, don't be in a change. Don't be in a hurry to change things that work. If it's working, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be changed. Refuse to fix what, what's not broken. Okay. Many times when we start trying to fix things that are that that just simply is not broken, that's because we're not content. That usually is whatever it is, there's a bit of many times there tends to be a bit of 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 discontentment, okay? That comes along with it. But Philippians 4 11, and we'll go ahead and read that. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith what? To be content. Okay. 
when you start and I start fixing things that are not broken, we run the risk of getting in trouble. Why? Because Proverbs 14 and 12 and 16, 25 tells us about a way that seems right to a man. But what? The end thereof is death. You're, you're, it's, it, it, plain and simple, brothers and sisters, it's a bad idea. Now, it seems good to you and I at the time because we're in the mode of thinking it up. And, 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 and sometimes when we're in the process of thinking up, no one can tell us anything. We are hard-headed and hard-hearted sometimes in the process when we start getting these big, grand ideas coming up with stuff. But when you start getting these big, grand ideas of coming up with stuff, and especially when they're in the area of trying to fix things or you're going to improve things or whatever, no. No, you and I got to wait on God. God, do you want this done a different way? Lord, do you have a, another method for doing this? Lord, what do you want? Not me coming up with what I want. Learn to be content with what God is doing. There's nothing, in, listen, there's nothing in wrong with wanting to, to do great exploits and great things for the Lord. Nothing wrong with that at all. But the Lord wants you to be faithful over a few things. He wants you to just be faithful with the little that he's already given. Just be consistent with that. Consistently lean on him. Consistently stay in prayer. Consistently refuse to do your own thing. Consistently sidestep selfishness and pride and arrogance and do it for the glory of God. Just be consistent in that. My goodness, when you read the book of Acts, when we read the history of the church, the, the, the very beginning of the church, the Bible says that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Notice what he, such as should be saved. He didn't add nobody who wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> no, he didn't. That's not what he did. He added, he added daily. But, but, but he added those that were supposed to be there. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, what God wants doesn't line up with what you and I want. And you and I got to be careful about that. Because when what we want, see, we want to do, sometimes you can want to do some things for the Lord at the expense of doing what the Lord wants. Let me say that again. Sometimes you can, you can, you can, you can do what you want for the Lord or pursue what you want for the, for the Lord at the expense of what the Lord actually wants. And you got to be careful because again, Proverbs 4, 14, 12, Proverbs 16, 25, there's a way. It seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. You want to don't start doing your own stuff, okay? And we talked about that and that's really good. I hope somebody who's, no matter where you are, it listen, it doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter who you are, what your educational background is, um, your pedigree or anything like that. God's no respecter of person. He's not worried about all of that. God is worried about obedience to his word. Be faithful over what God gives you. Teach the Bible studies that God has assigned you. Stop looking for the platform and the microphone and the lights and the glitz and the glance and all, because it ain't none of that. 
That stuff is not real, and that's not what God called anyway. Don't miss the one person that you can help right in front of you. Because you're focused on, 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 on helping 20,000 people. What about the one who's right there? They need you now. They need a word now. They need prayer now. They need hands laid on them now. They need their faith encouraged now. What about them? Throw away your delusions of grandeur and all of these things because many times, if you go back and you really examine what you want to do, for many of you, there's a selfish component built into it. You might not, you, listen, search your heart. Search your heart. I invite, search your heart. Really go down. Why do you want to do this? You want to do this great big exploit. You want to see soul. You want to soul. I know all the language. I've heard it all before. And that stuff is good when it's real. But how real is that with you? Are you really operating in a place of nobility that you really want this solely and completely only for God's glory? Or are you somewhere floating around in the background? hoping to capitalize and to have people see you and compliment you. Brother, sister, if you get in it with that, let me tell you, <laughs> that compliment that you might get or that you get, that's all you're going to get. That's your reward. Because what you do for the Lord or so-called for the Lord, in the presence of men, for the purpose of men seeing what you're doing, then your reward, guess what? Is that men have seen what you did. That's it. You don't have nothing else. You're not building no treasures in heaven. And you're not getting, you're not getting ready to get anything. So just, just settle down. You're not getting any of that. Your reward is that people saw you. Don't let that be you. Get your heart right. Put the scripture on your life and on your action so that the word of God can speak against the wickedness that's in you so he can pull all of that out and get you right. I got to have the word applied to me. I have been saved. By grace and obedience to the word of God, as according to the book of Acts chapter 2, reading at verse 36, going down for I have, my salvation is according to scripture. I don't have no Mickey Mouse salvation. I don't have no interpreted salvation. I don't have no religious academia salvation. I got the real deal. And I'm praying that you have the real deal. But guess what? That word still tells us in Philippians that you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, which does not mean to work to be saved, but it does mean the things that you have been saved from. You still got to work on those things, getting away from things. Why? Because you still know how to do it. When God saves you, brother and sister, listen to me. God saves you in the middle and in the midst of where you are. When the salvation and the saving is done, you are still where you 
are. You are still in the same environment. That does part doesn't immediately change. It takes time for that part to change. Your soul is changed. You've been resurrected. You've been made new. But your environment, where you're, that's still the same. And it takes time for that part to change up. So that means that when the Lord saves you, if you was a crook before he saved you, now that he saved you, you still know how to crook. You still know how to be dishonest. You still know how to do those things. He didn't take from you the knowledge of, of how to do that which is wrong. So what did he do? He gave you the word, gives us his very own spirit, the Holy Ghost, so that we can overcome what we have spent years doing. You and I have operated in foolishness for years. My goodness, we can sin in our sleep. We don't, we don't need to even think about it. We can, don't even have to be conscious of it. We can fall into sin. Why? Because we've been doing it that long. Writer said, behold, I was shaping in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. And we were born into this. You and I have great ex extensive experience in doing the things that are contrary to God. But now that we are on his side, now that we are alive and no longer dead in our sin and trespasses, now we have to do what the Bible says is what? Learn to do well or learn to do good in essence. Amen. 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 So that we can overcome those things that had us bound. Amen. Amen. So we talked about all of these different things and we got into some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful topics. We also said, you know, we learned, we said, guess what? Don't, don't change God's stuff. God, just, 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 just keep it the way that it is. We don't need to be doing any claim jumping in the church because we looked at Proverbs, amen, um, 23 and 10, which said, remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. And we learned that we, there's a whole lot of spiritual claim jumping that goes on in the church. And when we say spiritual claim jumping, because when you're talking about removing the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fathers, what you're talking about is, 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 is artificially extending your territory okay into your neighbors now let me talk to you a little bit about that for example um let, let, let me talk a little bit about that you and now when god gives an assignment and god gives you something to do okay right you're responsible for doing what the Lord tells you to do or has assigned to your hands to do. Now, the analogy that I want to use is that of the parable, okay, of the um, of the men with the talents, okay? Now, the talents are not, um, in, that, in the scripture sense, when Jesus gave this parable, those talents are not talking about your actual gifting or your skills. They're, they're, there's uh, metaphors and, and allusions to that that we can use from that. But um, in the context of what Jesus was talking about, a talent is a sum of money. Okay. And so the, and so what, and, and so what is being taught or what is the Lord is talking about in that parable? Amen. In that, um, um, in that um, parable, Um, is a sum of money and the, um, and the 
investing or the investment, if you will, okay? Amen. The investment of that money, all right? Okay, and I hope you you under you understand um, what 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 I, what I'm saying here. Okay, um, um, it's a sum of money that the Lord in this parable, okay, of the talents. You understand this in Matthew 25. For let me just give you scripture and 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 so that you can read this for yourself. Amen. And in fact, why don't we just go ahead and do that? Let's look at Matthew 25. I'm going to start at verse um, 16. Okay. Um, um, and in fact, actually, let me, let me, I'm going to start back, um, a little bit, um, further, um, with that for, and I'm going to start at verse 14 for the kingdom of heaven. This is in Matthew chapter 25. Okay. Starting at verse 14, but the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who, called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents okay to another two to another two and to another one okay um to every man according to his several ability and straightway he took a journey now let i want you to understand not all of them listen not all of the gifts or the talents, I'm going to make an, a parallel here. Not all, when, when you read verse 15 in Matthew 25, and unto one he gave five, and another one he gave two, and another one he gave one. Now I want you to understand the common ground between these people, these three individuals, is that they all each received, um, they all received a talent, at least a talent from the Lord. They all received talents, okay? The number of talents that they received, amen, was according to the ability. Now, I want you to understand that because he says in that be portioned to every man according to his several ability, okay? And straightway, he took uh, his journey. Now, when Jesus says in this parable, okay, that the, that the man gave the talent or the sum of money, money for investment, okay, the, mon the investment money, he gave he gave investment money to all three of these individuals, but he did not give them all the same exact amount to invest. He did not do that. Okay. He gave them different, but the, but, but what was the determining factor, what the Lord used in order to determine how much to give each of the individuals, if you look at it, it becomes obvious in this scripture that he had a knowledge of each individual's ability, okay? This is another reason why I want to tell you, you need to learn to be content, okay? You look at what other people have and you become dissatisfied and you want to immediately be able to do what somebody else is doing. I want the platform. I want the microphone. I want the this and I want the that and I should be this and I should be that and they should be over here and I should be over there and all of these different things. No, what you have, God has already taken into account your ability and he knows you better than you know yourself. It's not to say that you won't ever be able to get to the same level that somebody else has. No, but I want you to understand, this is the starting point. And he did not start each and every one of them with the same amount, but he did start each and every one of them. 
God got his hand on you just like he got his hand on somebody else, on your brother and your sister. But you have got to bloom where you're planted. You have got to focus your energy and your effort on what God has given you to do. Not getting all sideways and caught up in what somebody else. God gave you what your starting, what your your starting amount or your start, what you're going to start with. He gave it to you according to your ability. Some people want to go immediately. They want to be on stage. They want a platform. They want to talk to the masses. How are you going to talk to the masses and you can't handle talking to one? No, don't come on. Get No, 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 no. One scripture talks, tells us, I mean, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, how are you going to contend with the horses in the swelling of the jaw? If you can't handle running with the footmen, You most certainly are not getting ready to get it done when now you got to run and you got to compete and you got to and you got to hold your home against the horses. And not only that, in the swelling of the Jordan. So now you got to cross this river. And you got to <laughs> you know, which speaks to the environment becoming hectic and tumultuous. You got to deal with a, a, an out-of-control environment and horsemen, but you can't handle the footmen? Come on now. Come on. Stop playing games with God. You and I do better just settling down and focusing what our energy and our effort on the task at hand. Stop worrying about all that other stuff. That'll, that'll take care of itself. Now, back to the parable. Verse 15, verse 16. Then he that had received five talents went and traded the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. And he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh in and reckoneth with them. And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Okay, so he made a profit off of his investment. Okay, he took the money, invested it, and he doubled it. Okay. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over what? A few things. How many things? A few. See, this is where we get, this is where we get stuck. This is where we get messed up. We want him to say, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a lot of things. You, ma'am, you, sir, need to get your delusions of grandeur in check. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be able to do good things, but you cannot want to do good things for the Lord at the expense of, of neglecting the small, the few things that he's put right in front of you right here and right now. You just can't do it, okay? You just cannot do it. 
faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Notice the many things come after faithfulness to the few things. Don't forget that, brothers and sisters, because that same principle applies to you and I today. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents aside them, beside them. Now, I want you to notice something. The one who had five gained five more, okay? And the one that had two gained two more. So in both cases, they doubled. They had differing amounts, but they doubled what they had. Do you understand? They doubled it. And if we are to follow the same logic that has happened in this parable before then, the man who had five doubled it and got five more. The man who had two doubled it and got two more. And if the logic applies, then that would mean the man that had one, the all that the Lord would have been expecting and would have been satisfied with is if he had gained one more, if one had turned into two. Do you hear what I'm saying? God's not asking a whole lot. But my goodness, the word of God teaches us that he that wins souls is wise. You got to be sharing your faith. You got to be sharing the love. You got to be showing, listen, you got to be bearing fruit. God has not assigned you the task of, of, of the masses before you. But, he, but he's given you the assignment of the one, and that is doable if you lean and, and, and rely on the Holy Ghost. Now, whether you have much or, or, or few, it all requires the Holy Ghost. Amen. But whatever God assigns you, he assigns you according to the ability that he has assessed. He knows what you can do at this point and at this time. Some people can do more as they grow. And so too will you be able to do more as you grow. But for right here and for right now, God has assessed you and he knows what you are capable of doing. And so he assigned you your task, your duties, according to what he's decided and he determined is what you're able to do. He's determined to not put more on you than you can bear. So why are you trying to do that? Why are you trying to put more on yourself than you can bear? Be faithful over the few things. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And he said, and he that had received, rather, the five talents. We've read the five talents brought another other five talents saying, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Um, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. He said, the Lord, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou 
has been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Amen. Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where where thou hast not where thou hast not strewed, strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. In other words, here, this is yours. There is what your stuff has been, it's been safely kept. That's basically what he's saying. His Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not. And thou, and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I would have, I should have received mine own with usury. In other words, I should have gotten the one, but with interest. That's what he was saying. Should have gotten it back with interest. Now watch this. Now, now I want to, I want to, I want to, because I really want to break, I want to break this, this down. Now I want you to notice that the one, the, 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 the guy that had one, he said in verse 24, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not straw. Notice, notice, no, he said, I, I knew you was, I knew. And I, and I was afraid and went and hid talent, thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. You ought to invested it, is what he was telling him. Now notice that the servant says that he knew the Lord. But look at what he came away with his knowledge. He knew the Lord was going, and, and, and he talked about it. He said, I knew the Lord, I knew. But look at the things that he described. Look at how he described the Lord in verse 24. I knew that thou art a hard man. Called him a hard man. I don't know if you noticed that before, but he called him a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown and, and gathering where thou hast not straw. He painted a picture of his, of his Lord, not of a Lord. Now I want you to notice the picture that he painted was not of a Lord that would have been pleased with him if he had done well. He didn't paint a picture of a Lord that wanted him to do his best. He didn't paint a picture of, the, of a Lord that would have promoted him and elevated him had he just done his best. He didn't paint a picture of a Lord that was fair. Because notice with the guy that had five and the guy that had two, 
promotion and blessing came. He was fair. Notice that none of them came with the same message. None of them focused on the hard aspect. No one focused on the 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 parts the, un, the <laughs> I hope you hear what I'm telling you. No one focused on the fear. Because this man, the fear that he was talking about was not the fear of respect, which is what the other two operated in. They respected the Lord enough to be busy and to do their best. This man that had the one operated in fear that is more akin to terror to be apprehensive, if you will. Be leery of, of doing anything. So I want to ask you, that man said he knew him. But I submit to you that the Lord is showing us, Jesus is showing us that the man really didn't know. He evidently didn't know too much about him at all. Because what he came away with was a Lord that was unfair, that was unyielding, and that wants to punish everybody. And I wonder how many people listening to this word, because you have gotten the wrong message. Let me explain something to you. God is holy. God does not play games. And God is just. And the word of God tells us in the book of Ezekiel, the soul that sinned, it shall die. God is holy. And he requires you and I to be holy. Be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. So we have the requirement to be holy. We understand that God can speak a word and man lay down and die. He can speak another word and they take up their lives again. God is God and he's sovereign. Yes, God is hard. Yes, God don't play games. God will shut down anything that's not like him. And glory to God, I'm glad he does. But brothers and sisters, that is not all God wanted you to learn about him. He wanted you to learn that he's a forgiving God, that he's a merciful God, that he's a God of second chances. And if you do your best according to what he's given you, God will be pleased. If you just obey. Do your best according to what he asked you to do, not according to what you want to do, but according to what he told you to do. Be obedient. That's all you got to do. So many fake and phony religions out there are painting a negative picture of our Lord. And you're operating like this man. See, the man with the talent, that represents the person who receives salvation. Think about it. You just say, you believe. 
But then you're not obedient to the word of God and you don't take what has saved you and share that word. In other words, you don't become busy about the Lord's business. You come to church one Sunday and, and you get and, and, and you hear the gospel and you obey Acts chapter 2, verses 38 on through. You obey that word. God blesses you, fills you with the Holy Ghost. But then somewhere along the line, you get the wrong idea of thinking that the oh man, all I can it's just enough for me to, to, to stay saved. It's just enough for me to, to, to stay in the word and to stay with God. And, and so I'm gonna focus on myself. And just make sure that I'm okay. Make sure that I'm following the word. But you're not going to share your faith. You're not going to obey the Lord. You're not going to take the investment that is salvation in you. And you're not going to double it. You won't at least take it to the exchanger. In other words, you won't at least tell one person. You think you're gonna you think you're gonna make it? You're not making it nowhere. Whether you want to believe it or not, you are a watchman on the wall. And when you see the enemy advancing on this unsuspecting world, on your brother, your sister, or someone in your vicinity, and you don't say nothing. You don't tell them that God can save them. You don't warn them about their sin. You let them feel comfortable in their wickedness. All you, while you know that it's taking them straight to hell, but you're not worried about them because you got yours. But let me tell you something. You don't have nothing. And you're not going to have nothing. You got to be about the Lord's business. You are not saved just for you to be saved. I'm telling you, there's a there's an inspection gonna come. There, 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 there's, there's an inspection that's gonna come. You don't want to be like the one who was found in the balance, wanting. You don't want to be like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. Please, please, ma'am. I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you. Get off the sideline. Start sharing your faith. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. His reward is with him. And I'm telling you, you got to get off the sideline. You got to get off. Listen, you got to get in the game. You got to get in the field. You got to do your work while it's day because the night cometh when no man can work. You got to do. You got to work the works of the Lord while it's day. You got to do it. He that winneth souls is wise. So this man, he didn't do nothing. And the Lord would have been pleased if he had just, if he had just doubled it. If one had become two. Brother and sister, I'm not trying to make it complicated. I'm just saying, go after the one. I don't care if they're in your household. I don't care if they're on your job. It doesn't matter. Go after the one. Get your mind off the 99 and go after the one. Go after the one. Go after the one. Go after the one. Do you not realize that at some at a, at a place and at a time, 
you were the one, not the 99. You were the one in somebody. God sent somebody to come after you because you were the missing one. You got to do the same thing. You're called. You and I are called to this. I don't need a microphone and a platform to do this. I just got to have the love of God and I just got to be committed. I need to know my Lord. These first two men, they knew the Lord and they wouldn't listen. They didn't, they didn't serve him because of what he could do to them. If he didn't, they served. Do you, you hear what I'm telling you? They served him. They operated. They did what they could because they wanted to please their Lord. This and yeah, judgment is with the Lord. But do you also know that a good reward is with the Lord? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? I know you can throw the book at me, God. But I, as much as I know you can throw the book, I know, God, that you can pick my book up, God. I know that you can write chapters in my book, God. I know that you can finish my story, God. And I know it can be a story that's worth reading. I'm just trying to talk to somebody. I know, God, that there is hellfire that you can throw us into, but you still got a heaven that you can take me to. And I want heaven, God, not hell. I want heaven, God. I know, God, that I can be eternally separated from you, God. But as much as I can be eternally separated, I can be eternally present with the Lord. God, that's what I want. What do you want today? What do you want? What does it take for you to get up and get busy because he's coming and the war, his reward is with him? How long are you going to walk in this foolishness? How long are you going to keep making it about you, waiting on you? Jeff, I'm trying to stay safe. God gave you the Holy Ghost. If you're operating according to Acts 2 and 38 and you're waiting on God, then God will give you the Holy Ghost as he gave everybody else. That's enough to keep you. So he's freed you up to focus on what he told you to do. That man didn't do anything. But watch this, because I want to finish this. I want to finish this. This part of, of Matthew 25 in this parable. So he tells him, watch this. Thou, verse 27, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with usury. So I should have gotten my one talent, my one, my original sum of money, and it should have been grown interest. And so I should have gotten double what I gave you. In other words, I gave you one. And if you had just done the bare minimum, I should have come back to two. That's what he, that's what he was telling me. Now watch this part. Verse 28. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Now, for, it, for unto everyone that hath. Notice, look at this. He's giving you a divine kingdom principle. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taking, taken away even 
that which he hath. Notice the principle here. Notice the principle here. Now, go back to our text. Okay. I mean, go back. Let's 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 jump back to our lesson. Okay. Amen. Proverbs 23:10 says, remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. And just before I started this Matthew part on Matthew 25, I was talking to you a little bit more about claim jumping in the church. Okay. And so claim jumping in the church, God gives us abilities and gives us gifting and all of these different things. When it comes, God come to his comes, when it comes to God's people, God would gave his people territory. So if you take it all the way back and you look at the 12 tribes, you look at all of that and, and, and all his people, they were given a territory. Each of tribe was given their own territory and everybody within there, they had their land, they had their stuff. They had an inheritance. Okay. So if we take that and we, and we update that, or we bring that to today. Okay. Think of it this way. I have my own home. I have my, I have that, which belongs to me. That which belongs to me is mine. That which belongs to you is yours. When you claim jump or when you remove the old landmark, usually what that refers to is, is that you extending your property line. So in other words, you taking and acquiring that which belongs to somebody else. I told you that in the church, the way that kind of plays out is, is when you when there are multiple people with the same gifting, but you don't make room for anybody else to use their gifting. You just simply hog it all and you just uh, and, and you are the only one that operates in the gifting and all this stuff so that you can be seen in XYZ. That's claim jumping. Because you're taking that territory. And we're talking in the spiritual sense. That is spiritual claim jumping in the church. That is spiritual adjusting your the landmark. God has given you a territory. God has given you a responsibility. God has given you a jurisdiction, but you're not satisfied. You're going to extend your property line into your brother's property line. Now, when we go to uh, Matthew 25, okay, when it comes to taking somebody else's property, you cannot just take somebody's property. God has to give you their property. It's jumping the claim or adjusting the old landmark if you take it. God has to be the one to do it. When you go back to this parable about the talents or whatnot, and you go back to verses um, 20, verse uh, 28 and verse 29, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath 10 talent. The one that did not do anything. When God gives you a task or gives you something to do, and you absolutely just will not do what you're supposed to do then the blessings and everything that would come behind as a result of that, that God's going to take that and give that to somebody else. Now, what do I mean when I say that? <clears throat> if God has determined, God wants everybody to be saved. And God wants this person to get the word, wants them to get that word. God has determined. Because God got four, now God, no, God has the, God is determined that this person is going to get the word. They are going to hear the gospel. Now, God wants that person to hear the gospel from you. That was his plan. That's the territory. That's the land. That's your assignment. And if you will be faithful in that, God will reward you. 
But if you decide that you're not going to share, you ain't going to do nothing. You're just going to focus on yourself. I'm not going to do none of that. Well, because God has designed and determined that this person, God's desires for this person to hear the word, guess what? That person's still going to work, going to hear the word. You're not going to stop nothing. You are not stopping anything. You don't run anything and you are not stopping anything. God is going to make sure that that brother, that sister, that boy, that girl, it don't matter. They are going to get the word. But the thing is that they're going to get the word, but it's not going to be through you. It was supposed to originally be through you. But you slapped it away. You didn't do nothing with it. You didn't do nothing with it. So God's going to give that to somebody else. And that person, God's going to give it to someone else who is faithful. And that person will reap the benefits and the blessings behind it. You will not. Your territory will be decreased. Their territory will be increased. But you cannot arbitrarily just take somebody's, take everybody's opportunity. If God's going to give it to you, God got to give it to you. You cannot just take it from somebody. You cannot just take from somebody. You can't just do everything. You can't be in the church trying to always be seen and trying to always have everybody look at you and try to be the one who's getting that. You can't do that. Everyone must have their opportunity to edify and to minister in the way that God has assigned them according to their gifts and ability. And God has given you your assignment according to the ability that he has assessed in you, not the ability that I have assessed or anyone else. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we didn't make it as far as I had wanted to make it today, but you know what? This was good. Somebody definitely needed to hear that no matter where you are in this world or, 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 or at what time of day, country, doesn't matter. God has this word for you. You got to get your eye off of the 99 and you got to focus on the one. You got to bloom where you're planted. My, my goodness, this, this whole blooming where you're planted is such a big subject. I had so much more to give you on this subject, but we're going to have to wait till, till um, next week, Lord willing, um, to share that or to share what else we have on this, on this aspect of the, of the lesson. Um, and, and I'm telling you, it, it's going to be good, but my goodness, this here has been amazing. God's word is amazing. My prayer is that you'll be blessed by it. Take this word and use it. Don't just sit on it. Use it, brothers and sisters. Share it with whoever. If you're receiving the links for it, share that link out with somebody. Let them hear the word. They don't have to pay for this. They don't have to buy this. There's nothing attached, nothing. You just hear the word, be obedient, and start walking according to the scripture. That's it. That is all we want. You and I, listen, it's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It is all about Jesus. So God bless you, brothers and sisters. Until next time, share the word. Every chance you got, every chance you get, be about the Lord's business. Wow.